I end up like, oh, I have this little bit of time. I should go interact here on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you know, and then I get sucked into that. And I feel like I need to have a more systematic way of going about it because it bleeds into my personal time. And then I don't know when am I going to set aside to actually spend time with my husband, for example. <laughs> so we're working on that because, you know, we also started a B&B, so that keeps him pretty busy. ADHD Rewired episode 142. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. Make 2017 your best year yet by joining the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. The holiday season is just around the corner. Give yourself the gift of growth and connection. Nothing says I love you like the gift of coaching. It's not diamonds, it's coaching. Join us for the eighth season of the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group. The 2017 Winter Session begins January 16th. Sign up during our Thanksgiving Early Registration event, November 16th through the 22nd, and get 40% off the cost of registration. That's more than a $559 discount. Only eight seats will be offered at this rate. Go to coachingrewired.com to learn more and to schedule your registration interview. That's coachingrewired.com. It'll totally change your life. It'll move you forward. It's absolutely worth it. This episode airs Tuesday, November 15th. If you are listening to this before Thursday, the 17th, then I want to invite you to come to a webinar that I'm going to be hosting at 1030 a.m. Central Time. It's Productivity Solutions for the Time Blind. If you were at this year's CHAD conference, this is what I presented there. So if you missed my session and want to be able to see it, come join us. If you were at my session and want to see it again, come join us. Go to erictivers.com slash events to register. Hope to see you there. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. My guest today is Aurora Remember. Aurora spent years of feeling too much, too intense, too sensitive, too emotional, too scattered, and too exhausted. Aurora finally realized that intensity in the form of excitability is the source of her greatest power. Now, instead of beating herself up about not measuring up to her own self-imposed standards, she's on a mission to help people embrace their intensity and use their fire without getting burned. Her background is as a school psychologist, and now she just launched a brand new podcast called Embracing Intensity. Aurora, welcome to ADHD Rewired, finally. Thanks so much. It was a long time coming, huh? I think we tried this like twice over the last year, so it's been, yeah. it has been a long time coming, but I'm glad that one, I'm thrilled that you finally launched your podcast. Mm -hmm, me too. 
So let's let's dive right in. What is this highly excitable person? Is that is that what it's called? We've heard of the high the highly sensitive person, but mm-hmm. this is not the same thing. No, no, there's there's definitely overlap. I think technically, if you looked from the way they describe it, uh, a highly sensitive person would technically be highly excitable because they pick up on sensory and emotional things more intensely than mm-hmm. the average person. And that's really what being highly excitable is about, is picking up on things more intensely than others. But there's also intellectual excitability. So your mind's constantly racing, which there's definitely overlap with ADHD. I was going to um, say, check. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, what they call psychomotor excitability, which can manifest in hyperactivity. Or for me, it was more of a restlessness so I have that, like that, that engine going. And for me, it was kind of wired, but tired. Uh, so I have a lot of fatigue and I wouldn't have ever thought of myself as having an excess of energy, but I actually do have that psychomotor excitability. And then there's also imaginative excitability, which is the, you know, very active fantasy life. Um, very creative people have that and so that with the emotion plus emotional and sensory are the, the five areas. And it was a topic I hadn't really heard about until I was looking at behavior problems in the gifted. And uh, my son was struggling in school his first few years. And so I was searching that term and the, the term overexcitability came up and um, it just immediately connected with me and everything made so much sense <laughs> because uh, the world is just so much more intense. My mom used, used to use a term called low screener. Um, I, I don't know if you've used that with ADHD too. Um, mm-hmm. Like our, our filter is just less than other people. Okay. I, I understand. So it's, it's not the inability to sort of to filter out information in the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of both of those can go into play because you're you're just experiencing the world more intensely, either the event itself or you're not screening out as much. So both of those can be a factor. And I think the reason I glommed onto that term is because I've never fit just one category, like highly sensitive person. Yes, I am highly sensitive, but I'm also an extrovert. I'm also a high sensation seeker. So when I go to a highly sensitive group, there's a lot of people who take things really, really personally and, and they're, are more shy and reserved and that's, that's not me. Um, and so I feel like highly excitable encompasses so much of our experience. Same with ADHD. I, I, I definitely relate to being ADHD, but I, I've functioned pretty well in the structure of the school environment and I've compensated in other ways. So so how how would you say it primarily then does uh, impact you being uh, highly excitable? Being highly excitable, uh, well, I emotionally I remember feeling a lot when I was a kid that I was just an emotional roller coaster. Um, when I first hit puberty, I was um, crying every day after school for the first like six months or whatever of my eighth grade year, um, I always would get that kind of anxiety induced depression in the spring of every school year, which still kind of happens because I work in schools. (laughs) Um, But the biggest thing for me is um, I start at the sensory stuff. I tuned out so much um, when I was younger that it manifested in chronic pain and chronic fatigue issues. Mm. And so I spent so much of my time 
tuning myself out and toning myself down that I wasn't really listening to my own body signals. And, and I became really good at ignoring my pain, ignoring my fatigue and just pushing through. Um, and so now I still sometimes struggle with that, but I, I am making more of a concerted effort to listen to my body. <laughs> I, I mean, I know it's not even, it's not that uncommon for, for people with ADHD to, you know, they, they, skip meals because they're so engrossed in what they're they're working on uh mm -hmm. forget to go to the bathroom until it's like an emergency mm -hmm. um so is that like part of of that experience as well oh it can be for sure i know i experienced that um and i think um looking at uh yeah getting hyper focused on something and excited about about that thing then you're ignoring everything else um, it's uh, going from one project to another. I'm so focused on that one project. Then there's all these other things that I have should be doing. So yeah, that's definitely um, connected. So let me ask you. So your your background is a, is a psychologist, right? Mm -hmm. And um, you know you're not going to find the highly excitable person or or the highly sensitive person that you're not going to find that in the the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you say to people who respond to these these sort of off-label diagnoses, if you will, um, who say, well, that's not a real thing? Mm -hmm. What do you say to people? Well, I mean, nobody actually has said that to me, but then I'm so also So these people not that I'm saying I'm just making diagnosis. up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm not making a diagnosis. I like it's more, it's kind of all-encompassing because I feel like a lot of medical diagnoses would fall under a highly excitable category. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, the person who um, is, most, is most known for coining that term, Dabrowski is the, the psychologist from Poland um, in the 60s. And if you read his work, he uses a whole bunch of different terms for it. But when he describes it, he describes things like inattentive ADHD, hyperactive ADHD, uh, bipolar, all of these intense anxiety. Um, and actually that's, he sees it as those, all of those things as a sign of um, greater developmental potential. So having those, those things means you're, like yeah. <laughs> so, and that's one of the reasons why it's led itself self to the gifted um, community is because he actually sees having those those heightened excitable you know it, the term excitable nerve is probably scientifically where you would hear it mm. you know that their nerve is excitable um or you know it, reactive that's kind of the way that they use the term um but to him it's a sign of of that you're on the path to like a developmental like pro progression like uh he his co concept is um uh, the theory of positive disintegration so that that you have to disintegrate before you can reintegrate into a higher level and so it's I mean that's not like saying you have to hit like rock bottom before you improve no is it? no 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 um, and the way they describe it I actually read his his book from the 60s that was out of print it was a pretty quick quick read but um he the way he describes it is um is like having that that self-criticism actually is a big piece of it because self-criticism can bring self-awareness and then and the drive to to push yourself forward but of course it has to 
create that pushing forward. So that's um, another element of it is you also have to have the drive to do something with it, not just get stuck in a cycle where you're, you're self-criticizing, but you're not actually doing anything about it. So maybe a lot of people who, uh, you know, who embrace the, the entrepreneurial journey could maybe identify this way because you know, we know there's so many of these phrases like, you know, failing forward and uh, which, you know, I think is a really important mindset uh, piece too, but it's, it's looking at, all right, so let's, let's try things. Let's get that, figure out what's not working in order to figure out what's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I read a post that was a perfect analogy. Um, uh, an author named Nikki Peterson, I think is her name. She wrote, just published a book called The Intense Entrepreneur. Mm. And she talks about, um, she calls it Dabrowski's sweater. And so she describes it as you knit this sweater from your childhood experiences. And you have this sweater that's based on your environment, your parents, your everything. And it's the sweater that doesn't quite fit you. It's not quite you. It's just, it's based on what everything that that's created who you are so far, but that she describes positive disintegration as then unraveling that sweater and taking the, the yarn that you built on that those those experiences from your childhood and your environment and all that to create your own new sweater mm. and uh i thought that was a really oh, I like great that. analogy i like that yeah it's sort of it's you know making meaning out of the things that you've experienced and out of who you are um mm -hmm. instead of trying to you know the, the the old analogy of you know being the round peg trying to fit in the square hole it's yeah. you know so we have this pegboard let's do something else with it yeah yeah Exactly. And I like that. So, yeah. So on uh, on your website and your blog, you have a, a a blog post titled "25 Things Only a Highly Excitable Person Would Understand." And I was uh, I was laughing at a lot of these. I can certainly relate <laughs> to a lot of these. Uh, the first one you have is um, you have just enough OCD to keep your ADD in check because you notice things <laughs> other people don't. You can be very particular about things. But you were also highly distracted in your environments. Mm -hmm. Hit it right on the nose there. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what's so funny is that post, um, you know, my, my blog wasn't hugely popular. Maybe I'll get like 100 visits when I posted each, each, or each week. But that week I posted it. I think I had like 1300 visits wow. or something in that first week. So um, it somehow got shared and it just went, went crazy. So not quite viral, but compared to, compared to my other posts, it was as viral as it gets. So. Okay. This, so number four in here, I, I just think is hilarious because um, I totally do that. And, uh, and I have a friend and colleague who does the same thing and it's um, only one or two people get your jokes, but that's what makes them funny. Mm -hmm. I, I, totally relate to that idea like you know that nobody else finds them funny which sort of humors you that nobody else finds them funny mm -hmm. yeah totally <laughs> uh, let's see what, what else what were some of the ones that you have maybe heard um that that uh that were highly identified by a lot of other people well, you know, it was a funny one because some of this was um, was actually came from my my Facebook group, the League of Excitable Women. And I threw out there, I, I threw out like five or 10 that I had already written, um, including the first one. And uh, I asked them and they just started pouring in. So I was not expecting 25 things. I was expecting less than that. Um, but the one I thought was really funny was something about um, the accents 
you have to be careful not to pick up other people's accents lest they inadvertently think you're making fun of them. I can't tell you how many people were like, oh my God, someone else does that? <laughs> I, I have been uh, guilty of that myself, but I, I will also use accents myself as a way to help myself concentrate if I notice that my, I'm like, my brain's just like all over the place. Like oh, something yeah. about reading something in an accent like helps me actually like concentrate on what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this one. The uh, You feel like everyone is more together than you. When you see what others are doing that you aren't, you get that feeling like you should be doing that too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us can relate to, uh, relate to that. You, yeah. you feel like you have a hundred tabs open in the browser of your mind. Yeah. These are all so good. Uh, <laughs> and they're all on her on your blog at auroraremember.com. Um, mm. Just click on the uh, the blog post there. So, how does someone with uh, with ADHD end up with the last name of Remember? I mean, it just it seems you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's my middle name. It's your so, middle name, okay? Yes, it's my middle name. I w- started going by my middle name because a, it's memorable, <laughs> and b, I was uh, I had my former husband's last name, which is also my son's last name, okay, um, until last year when I got married again. So. I knew remember wasn't going anywhere. Um, I knew, and there were, was another Aurora Baxter out there anyway, and now it's Holtzman. So, but my family was looking for a family name. My grandma really had this, um, she liked to have family history, genealogy stuff. And so they looked in the family history books and found the strangest family name they could find. (laughs) And it was remember. Wow. So. so maybe this runs in the family too. Yeah. Well, my son's name is Zimri, which is the weirdest family name on the, my, on his dad's side. So Zimri. Yeah. What is that? Um, actually, if you see the Bible story, it's a pretty awful story about a, a king who's like king takes over a castle and, and then the castles burned down and he, or he burns down the castle because they're trying to siege the castle. <laughs> It's pretty awful. And I don't know if you've seen the Brick Testament. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. Oh, you haven't? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. It's like the ADHD dream for finding out what a Bible story is. If you read in a, a reference to a Bible story, look it up in the Brick Testament, and they'll give you a very literal Lego interpretation the, of the Bible story. The, so the Bible by Legos. The Bible done in Lego. Yeah, it's called the Brick Testament interesting i think that uh there's probably a lot of listeners viewers who will definitely check that out because it sounds intriguing yeah well, and i use it for reference because if i hear a bible reference in a in a book i'm not going to go look up look it up in the actual bible but to see a lego <laughs> and it's very literal <laughs> it's condensed but um uh, and visual because of the legos so so I want to just, uh, uh, point out a few more of these. I just think they're so good, and I relate to so many of these. <laughs> so it might take you an hour and a half to pick out a lamp. <laughs> yeah, that's more my husband than me, actually. <laughs> oh, and this is why I don't go shopping. Like, this is why I truly hate shopping. Because I will go uh-huh. and, like, you know, go back and, like, I will put a lamp in my cart, and then I'm like, uh, no, nah, I don't think this is the one I want. And then, I, and then I'll just leave the store without anything. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just think about how I still need a lamp for the next two years. 
Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's funny too, with my, my husband, he'll, um, he'll look at two lamps and I'll look at those two lamps and think they look exactly the same. And one of them, he'll say, oh God, that's so ugly. And then the other one, he'll say, isn't this a beautiful lamp? And to me, they look almost the same. So that was part of it because <laughs> he's much, he's more excitable on the aesthetic end of things, sensory, beautiful things, and mm. very, very picky about those beautiful things. You have a class clown slash teenage boy sense of humor, but a sophisticated intellect. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard myself described so eloquently before. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a friend of mine whose husband has ADHD. So. Oh my gosh, this is so <laughs> funny. No matter how much you like the person you just met or how long you spoke to them, you will still forget their name by the time they stop talking. By the time I start talking, I forget their name the moment they told it to me. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I've, uh, and you know, people feel so bad about forgetting names, but I realized that like you can have really in-depth conversations without ever using that person's name. And then I try to find some way to look it up. I was actually at an event last weekend and I, I met some really awesome people and I was like, oh, what's their name? But then at the very end, they were supposed to do something where they introduced themselves. So as they did that, I wrote, I really quietly, quickly wrote down <laughs> their names so I could remember. I was, I was involved in a uh, Toastmasters for a while. And uh, one of the things you often have to do is introduce, if you're working like with a group to, to do something, um, I think you have to introduce people like often a number of people that you just met. And I was like, oh God, this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> um, and, and so often I just outed myself and I was like, um, I'm Eric and I don't remember names. Um, and this is, <laughs> so, okay. Now these are, these are so interesting, you know, and it's, it's interesting because I remember, um, well, when I first met my wife, uh, she identified as having a, as being HSP, as being a highly mm-hmm. sensitive person. And I mean, with my fancy graduate school degree, I'm like, that's not a real thing, right? <laughs> and, you know, so it's like, okay, now that I sort of moved past that, I think that the reason why I think a diagnosis like ADHD is really important because it gives us a framework to understand sort of our, mm-hmm. our experience. And yeah. so it might not be a, a clinical, you know, uh, um, a peer-reviewed, uh, a psychometrically validated label, but I got to tell you, reading through this list, you know, it's it's validating to know that they're like <laughs> that. You're not the only one. Where I think mm-hmm. we gets confusing is when, let's say, all these things like this is speaking to ADHD. So what what are we calling mm-hmm. it? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's. I mean, that's one of the challenges and concerns that I actually have with some of uh, Daniel Amon's work is that. You know, he has these descriptors of these seven subtypes, whatever. But like, mm-hmm. so he's describing a, an experience of people, but like, it's not based on research. So it's like, mm-hmm. is your ADHD the same ADHD as what the the scientific community is actually talking about? And mm-hmm. so, like, I think that that becomes mm-hmm. really confusing to the general public. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and one one thing for me is that like dividing you either are this or you are not or you're here or you're there um i read a recent book that um that i was really excited about because she had this concept of um intensives it's called you're not too much um leela sinha i think is her name and um and it's great great information um and it's again like oh that's totally me but 
very similar to my experience with HSP. There's a handful of things that I'm like, that's totally me. I'm totally that. And then there's other things I'm like, yeah, not so much. And it, it's very, there's these people and there's these people and you're either here or you're there. And I don't, I don't buy into that concept that there you're either this or you're that there's so many shades of gray. And I think of course with, you know, we tend to be black and white in a lot of ways, but when it comes to the things you identify with, there's elements that you can pick from all sorts of labels. (laughs) Right. And, and I think that the, that notion of um, that we're all on this continuum with, with whatever, behavioral feature uh or, or emotional experience uh, that, that we're describing so it, as you said you know there's this tendency to want to you know neatly check the box and put us neatly in the category but nothing is ever that neat you know it's mm-hmm. it's like we we are kind of a bit of this and we're a little bit of that and it's and we're a whole lot of this not as much as that other person but you know mm-hmm. so it's and, and i think that you know having a more more nuanced way to discuss and to make sense of our experiences, I think is important. Um, but I think that when we're, it, it, there's no, I don't have a good answer for it. I just think it's an interesting thing to, to sort of discuss is that this idea that we, you know, want to make sure we're all talking about the same thing. For, so when it comes to research, we're all researching the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's also, I think, nice to have a, a variety of ways to to discuss our experiences. Yeah, I remember studying psychology in my undergrad. I um, I I had this moment of diagnosing myself, and it, again, it's not a DSM four diagnosis, but they were talking about dendrites and your nerves. You know, the part of your nerves that pick up. And I just I I was like, that's it. I have overactive dendrites. That's my problem. <laughs> so again, not a medical diagnosis, but. <laughs> Mm. No, it's it's uh, but the the words we use and the language we use to describe things is how we make meaning of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. It's, um, yeah. Well, and I, I'm curious your experience with people that you've interviewed with ADHD. How much um, overlap you see with uh, like chronic pain issues, such as for me fibromyalgia. For years, I was convinced there was a connection between the two, and it's only been the past few years where I've seen posts come out saying that they see a connection because again, it's that nervous system, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. overactive nervous system piece. From uh, clinically what I've, I've seen uh, in, in my practice, uh, I've been seeing more of that. I don't know what their, their research uh, says and I've not, not read any research on that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do imagine that there are connections. I've, I know that I've had people in my coaching groups. I've had uh, therapy clients um, who, who identify uh, with with fibromyalgia, and it's it's interesting that it's though that it's a sort of controversial diagnosis. Like, mm-hmm. not sure why. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard because they don't have a they don't have a um like set. <laughs> there's no there's no blood test for it. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, does that make every you know does that make ADHD a controversial diagnosis? Well, I guess it, it, yeah. it is in some circles. In some um, circles, yeah. Yes. yeah. And I think part of it to me is that it doesn't respond well to most Western medical approaches. And so um, I think if you can't, if you can't give you give a pill for it, mm. and there is, I don't know, I've heard some mixed things about Lyrica, but I, I would, Lyrica, I gave up what's, on. What's Lyrica? Oh, it's a, it's a medication that they prescribe for fibromyalgia. I've okay. never 
I have no experience with it, but that's the only thing I've heard that's specifically aimed towards fibromyalgia. But I, since it happened so early for me, I, I just gave up on Western medicine years ago. I've mm. never, I, I've never found anything in Western medicine that helps it. So I prefer more holistic um, approaches and a lot of it's my, in my own mental focus, like what mm -hmm. I focus on. But I think if you can't fix it with a pill, <laughs> then it's not real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, so how, how do you, you know, so you, you, for yourself and for your others, you say you help people sort of, uh, what, what was the phrase to um, help people use their, their intensity and their fire without getting burned? So how do you do that? Um, well, I, um, I put together a little class, um, a couple years ago that I do with my coaching individual one-on-one -on -one coaching. And then, um, I'm hoping to launch another group in the spring. Um, the first group was, was great because it pushed my, my ADHD brain to actually have a deadline for each week of getting the coursework out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause I did it of course, as the group ran. As, as, uh... <laughs> As, as my partner in the coaching group Nisha say, well, we're, we're laying, we're laying the train tracks down as the train is coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what was great is it gave me this foundational course that I have now. It's a, it's like a, um, three month program and it's all about, it's, it's all about self-regulation and, you know, getting focusing on your priorities, figuring out what your priorities are and just balancing your energy so that you're not constantly spinning your wheels. Um, so I use elements of nonviolent communication to understand your needs and your feelings behind what, you know, what's going on and then communicate them. Um, and then I use the, the, the acronym STAR, Stop, Think, Act, Request, which actually came from self-regulation work I did with kids. And uh, it works for adults, too. So, um so it's really taking them through their priorities and then how developing a toolkit to get, it's kind of basically a self-regulation toolkit. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you bring yourself down when you're up here and how do you bring yourself up when you're feeling tired? And um, I've been doing a lot more uh, research about self-regulation and stress management. And um, there's a lot of overlap in the things that are focusing on the things that are energizing instead of the things that are draining. And when we focus so much on the things we have to do mm. and our duty and thinking of it that way, it's draining. And so um, shifting that mindset to, to focusing on the things you want to be doing and that energize you. And then you're not forcing yourself to do something. You're just bringing in more of the stuff that makes you feel good. Uh, so what, tell me what, what do you do personally to, to, uh, uh, capture the intensity and uh, not get burned? <laughs> well, one big thing for me is um, really uh, being aware of my environment. And um, I was doing a really good job of, of only letting in those, those things that are nourishing to me. Um, but last year I had to take a little more um, time at my work and then I took on some pretty heavy stuff. Um, and so I was kind of a mess last year trying to trying to do all that and dealing with some um, not my problems but other people's problems and getting into that getting uh, professionally because you are a psychologist so isn't that what we do professionally? <laughs> um, yeah, but the school that I'm in is really um, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, you have to do it. Like it's it's actually a crazy year right now. 
But the difference is that the staff that I work with, the, um, the whole, the systems in place, the, the building that I'm in is really um, supportive. And so it's a really good, good situation. But there were some other things that were going on last year that was a little more draining and just people needing a lot more emotionally from me um, and, uh, and not just um, work, but all around. So, um, so yeah, not closing people out entirely, but really limiting those draining experiences. Um, and right now I'm getting back in the mode of finding some structure that works for the entrepreneurship part. <laughs> <laughs> because the structure of the school setting creates itself. You have deadlines. You have to get things done before your meeting. You have to have this. You have to have that. You have timelines, all that. In the last six months, every, mo every month I was launching something. So I had that to drive me forward. But now my podcast is up. I'm, I've got kind of the foundation going. So now I have to really sit down and figure out this is, these are the things I have to do each week. And here's about when I'm going to do them. So and how's that going? That, 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 that self-regulated, you know, the, those uh, self-imposed <laughs> deadlines and. Uh, well, the, for my, um, for each, I mean, I got a lot done the last six months. So I think that has been going well, but the problem is I tend to, it tends to bleed into my personal time now because I'm not doing some of the stuff, especially the social media stuff. That's like, that's what I think I need to really streamline. Mm -hmm. because um, I end up like, oh, I have this little bit of time. I should go interact here on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you know, and then I get sucked into that. And, and it, if I feel like I need to have a more systematic way of going about it because um, it bleeds into my personal time. And then I don't know when, when am I going to set aside to actually spend time with my husband, for example. <laughs> so, we're working on that because, you know, we also started a B&B, &B, so that keeps him pretty busy. <laughs> you just start also started a B&B &B and you're <laughs> just launch a podcast and you're doing these <laughs> groups and you, and you have, you can see you have a retreat center that you've, you got going now. And yeah. 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 Oh, and that's why my podcast took a year longer to, to start because the B&B &B thing, retreat space, all that happened as a total surprise. And you're still working as a school psychologist. Yeah, three days a week. Aurora, I think we are cut from the same cloth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's sometimes when I'm when I'm like either overwhelmed or I'm feeling like I'm not getting enough done, I'll talk to someone and that will just sort of like point out to me what I'm doing. And it's like yeah. Oh yeah, I am doing a lot right now. Yeah. Well, and I think too, it's like, you know, when you're really like get a lot done in a really short amount of time, but then you like waste a whole bunch of time, you you notice that time that you're wasting more than you notice the time where you actually got stuff done. Is that? Yeah, no, there, there is, there is truth to that. There is truth to that. Yeah. Um, what I want to do is we're going to take a, a quick break. We're about at the half hour mark here. Um, mm -hmm. Now, when we come back, now Aurora, I don't think we even discussed this yet. So, uh, so possibly um, on the on the podcast, this might be edited. But on the, for YouTubers, you're going to get to hear what, what this is all about. So we do the um, uh, so the the rewired hot seat. So if you have a specific challenge that you would like help with, and you're talking about sort of that social media engagement, 
We'd like to be able to help you with that and then invite you back either for a short interview or we can record um, uh, a message or a quick audio clip to give us an update about a week or two later. Mm-hmm. Would you be up for doing that? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. So, Aurora, we will be right back when you come to sit in the hot seat. We're going to actually help you with figuring out how to streamline some of these social media uh, things that you just shared with us. So we will be right back. Early registration for the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group starts November 16th. So if you haven't scheduled the registration call yet, you might want to do that. Early registration is only five days and only eight spots will be available during early registration. Learn more at coachingrewired.com. If you want to grow beyond the podcast and you have a desire to connect with people who share your same struggles, then sign up for the coaching group because it'll totally change your life. It'll move you forward and it's absolutely worth it. From the group, I have realized that what's going on in my head is not just me. I'm not the only one. I really did have a pivotal change in my perspective. It's kind of mind-blowing, but it has been a really amazing experience. This has given me strength and renewed hope and confidence. I've gotten more done in the last 10 weeks than I expected to get done all summer. I've made so much more progress than I've ever been able to do. If you are thinking about joining this group, but are afraid it's going to be another ADHD, oh, I started something new impulsively and it did nothing, don't be afraid. We're at the end of the group and we're all still here. We all love it. Would we even do it again? It'll totally change your life. It'll move you forward. It's absolutely worth it. Early registration is by appointment only. November 16th through the 22nd, you can reserve your spot now. Go to coachingrewired.com to learn more and to schedule your call. That's coachingrewired.com. All right, we are back with Aurora Remember. Aurora, you just shared with us before the break that um, you've been kind of struggling to keep up with sort of the social media engagement. Um, to lay this out for me. Lay, lay out some of the areas that you're having a, a, a hard time sort of staying on top of um, with all the work that you're doing. Hmm. Well, I think it's the consistency is the biggest thing um, and then wasting, wasting time. Um, so I, and one thing I am going to do today is sit down and kind of just write down the things I need to do every week. Um, because I haven't really done that. <laughs> um, so for example, in my group, I, I have uh, like daily engagement during the weekdays. So I have five posts that I do and, and it, it works pretty well when I do it, but, and I get it in Hootsuite and it's all set up. So it's all there, but then I forget, you know, one week and don't do that. So, so those are the things that I know I need to do. Um, but I think the biggest thing for me is, um, so I really was focused on Facebook um, and then I started Instagram and because I live in a beautiful place, people started following me. It's not a huge following, but um, it's more of the people like in the Pacific Northwest who are seeing the beautiful scenery. Um, but then I started one for my podcast because I didn't really want to mix in my promotional stuff with those pretty pictures because it's all pretty. <laughs> 
and actually it's funny because I started with these like bright orange um, promo things and I was like okay I can't have an Instagram that's just all bright orange it's just too much so I started working in some like inspirational pictures with my photos from the other Instagram and stuff so so I'm working on that but um then I feel like I'll come home on a day where like I just have a little bit of time or you know the nights I don't have my son and I'll like get sucked in and I'll be like okay I'm gonna do this oh wait I'm gonna do this and then I just get like on these you know you know (laughs) yeah you you are Um, the human pinball and like everything around you is bouncing you all over the place yeah And so, and then I feel like I'm spending way too much time doing that and not like, you know, living my life and interacting, you know, building two businesses at once. My, my husband and I are working on finding, like setting aside some quality time to actually spend together. Cause when I'm free, he's busy. When he's free, I'm busy. And, um, some of it is just unnecessary. So I think, um, planning it all out at the beginning of the week or at the end of the week, probably Fridays and then having like a set time or I don't know. Okay. Have you ever, uh, do you ever do any kind of mind mapping? Not specifically. Like, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, not really specifically. Like where you get everything out of your head and then uh, uh, just sort of segment all the different things that you have going on. Not in like a mind map per se. I've, I've like, I started, I found out the the whole bullet journaling thing, but I'm like, I like open a notebook and then I write, you know, it's just like still all over the place. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it's not going back and finding it is the problem. Um, So I'm working on that piece. (laughs) Okay. Um, And and one of the things that we're actually talking about right now in our, uh, in my coaching groups um, is to, to, sort of document and really identify what your process looks like. Like what are the rules of your, like what tools do you use? And if you're trying something new, like what's the, what's governing how long you're going to use it for? So if you're Mm -hmm. trying a new, like right now I'm trying a new tool, um, uh, Nisha and myself, we are right now working on uh, Asana and we're decided for the next three months, we are going to stick in, we're going to be working within the context of Asana. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, are there things that we're finding that maybe we don't like about it? Yes, but we're working in the context of, of Asana. We're sticking with this for at least a three-month period, and then we're going to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. But I think the the importance of first doing a, sort of a brain dump, of getting what are all the things that you have going on. Um, mm-hmm. And it can be specific around like your social media and, and the posts that you're wanting to, to make. So uh, maybe in the center of a, a mind map, you can have you know social media, right? And then where do you want to be posting? What kinds of things do you want to be posting? What's the frequency that you want to be posting um, Mm -hmm. those things? Um, And then, you know, looking at um, how do you, how do you do it? Now you said you wanted to sit down and sort of document your whole workflow, Mm -hmm. right? Now in in my, uh, in my groups, we we were just talking about this today where, and and, um, you know how right before we hit record, I was going through this whole like checklist of everything that that we have to do. Now, mm-hmm. what what I have done is I didn't sit down to like, what are the things that I need to be able to do? Because you know, I can't do mm-hmm. that. Like, I can't like, yeah. pick, I can't see <laughs> the whole big picture like uh, out of context mm-hmm. of, of the process. So what I do is I build the the process as I'm doing the tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when when we right before we hit record, I was uh, telling you about how I'm starting to do some of these things on on YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I added, when I mentioned that to you, I added YouTube to that workflow because mm. like that's how I build my processes. I, I document as I go. And then mm -hmm. every time I pull that up, my brain's like saying, thank you. Thanks for, <laughs> for not making me go find that information somewhere in, in your brain because your brain is about mm -hmm. as organized as your desk is right now which mm -hmm. is not at all. Um, <laughs> you right. should see my desk at work, though. <laughs> it's quite organized. Is it? <laughs> yeah, is it people you're... are amazed. It's because I get rid of stuff as soon as I'm done with it. If I, I have one accordion file with all the student information, and as soon as I'm done, it goes to the district office, and that's it. it. Well done, well done. Yeah, but so... I have a lot of structure at that job. <laughs> well, it sounds like part of that structure, though, is a, a, this element of accountability. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because there's a the to-do list program that I use in that job called uh, Bonsai, and it was for Palm Pilot. <laughs> and they That's don't so make cute. it anymore. <laughs> they don't make it anymore. And I'm so mad because if I can't leave this school now because I can't work in another school because I cannot do my school psychology job without this this program. Can and there you, is can you no export stuff from it? No, no, I tried. I did manage to get it on my computer at the other building because it was in my like shared file, but I couldn't like send it to someone else. But it's it's the reason why it works so well for me is because um, it color it, it collapses items down. You can you can copy a branch. So for an evaluation, for example, it has all the stuff that I need to do for that student. And then I just put the student's name on it. And then I can open it up and see oh, what I have left. And then I make sure, you know, like still sometimes I'll forget to call the parents to invite them to the meeting every now and then. And that's really embarrassing, <laughs> but, but it's all there. And I don't have to look at all of it unless I open it up. And it color codes it by date. And so when I put the next date that I have to look at it, I can look at my whole day and go, oh, no, I can wait for that one tomorrow. Oh, I can do this. And so I only have to look at the things that are red. I don't have to look at anything else. I am almost certain that there are, are other programs that do very similar things to what, what you're uh, yeah. suggesting. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if a listener or viewer right now is, is like, you know, like, that's the pro I use a program that does exactly that. How should yeah. they, how, what's the best way? Should they tweet, send you a tweet? What's, what's the best yeah. email? Uh, yeah, tw tweet would be good. What, um, what's your Twitter handle? It's Aurora Member. Okay, so yeah, let, so, so tweet at Aurora. Um, uh, let, let her know what, what that tool is that, that you're uh -huh. using. Okay, so you said that, um, one, one of the things you also said was um, that you get home and you sort of start one thing you're, and you're sort of bouncing all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. A strategy that, that I use when I'm sort of recognizing that, okay, I'm, I'm sort of all over the place right now. It's the, it's the two sticky note strategy. So what I do is on one sticky note and I usually put this on my computer. So if I'm working at my computer, but you can do this in other contexts as well, is I have the, the thing that tells me what it is that I'm actually supposed to be doing right now. <laughs> okay. On the other sticky note, it says, what it is that I'm not supposed to be doing right now? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and by, I mean, it, it seems like, really? So, but, but yes, and if we think about why that is actually helpful, one, it helps with inhibitory control. So the moment that, like, something else is coming in at us, we don't have to rely on our working memory to sort of stay online to keep reminding us that, oh, we're not supposed to be doing that. Like, that cue <laughs> is right there. 
right? <laughs> so it's setting up your environment in the first place. You know, so let's say you're doing something in uh, in uh, one of the rooms in your your home. Maybe even putting out a, a sticky put a sticky note on your door, right? That that tells you what you are what you're doing. And if you need for any reason to leave your that room, but with the intention of coming back for it. Grab the sticky note and like put it on your forehead until you come back to the room. So it's really making it sticky, no no pun intended, um, mm-hmm. to help you sort of stay focused on what you are doing. Because I think, too, that there are certain times when we need to unwind, you know, and I can so totally relate. So you have all these things going on. And it's like I got to be doing things all the time, but we don't have to be doing things all the time. Yeah. And so I think yeah. when, when we find that we're getting sucked into the things that we sort of know aren't important and um, we're feeling kind of bad about it, you know, you might want to ask yourself, do I just need to decompress a bit more? Mm-hmm. You know, and then allow yourself to do that sort of being intentional about that. Yeah. yeah. So going back though to the, the documenting the process in the context mm-hmm. of, of your workflow, how would you see yourself doing that well and i do i i do tend to be a big picture person so i do find like mapping out like when i did my website and um i i mean i kind of listed the things that i wanted to accomplish during i was working with a a business coach for six months and so that, that was really productive and i had that accountability um and i joined a mastermind group but then i slept through the last one because I was a little sick and (laughs) I felt bad, but that, yeah, that accountability piece is definitely helpful. Um, and so, but I haven't actually sat down and written down like, okay, these are the things that I should be doing for social media. These are the things that I should be doing for content creation. Now that the big things that were on my list to do with a timeline are done. I want to actually be spending more time doing, creating the new program, new content um, for uh, like my stress management thing and stuff like that, that I'm working on. Um, And so I need to set aside a time for that. And so I'm, I'm still trying to decide how much structure and how much like openness I want to have but it, the first thing I need to do is to get a feel for exactly what needs to be done because, um, yeah. And I think that, that that needs to be the first uh, step in the process of figuring that out is you have to be able to see everything that you have going mm-hmm. on. And because yeah. um, what, what happens sometimes is that we have these moments where we're in our mind, like we are thinking about everything we have to do. And it's so overwhelming that, that we can mm-hmm. get um, almost paralysis by it, mm-hmm. right so by putting it out whether it's writing a list or doing it in a mind map um it may be overwhelming and i even tell my clients that you know if you're a little bit overwhelmed by that i would say that's actually a really good thing here's why on a mind map you can work with that information in your head mm-hmm. like what you can't do anything with all that information like we don't have yeah. that that capacity to move all that information around hold on to it while we're thinking about or here's these nine things like what should i do first or, or like we cannot mentally manipulate that much information in our mind so yeah. by doing it on a, a mind map we can you know we put the little bubble we move it around we reorganize it we sort it in, in different things then we can then decide what are we going to do now what it's what are we going to do later what do we need to maybe learn what, what do we need to get help with um so i would really really encourage a, a an initial mind map uh, whether it's by hand or any of the, of the sort of computer programs that are out there, 
Um, are you familiar with any of, like, have you ever used my mapping uh, software? I think I might have downloaded one. I may have even heard it from you at some point, but um, I haven't actually played with it yet. So, Okay. Um, I use a program called Simple Mind. I've been told by many people that it's not very simple. I've just been using it for <laughs> years, so I just want to familiar yeah. with. Um, there's also a program that I love. called. Uh, it's a freemium uh, website called uh, Real Time Board. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where actually where I document my entire uh, workflow. Um, of, of, so it's basically, it's a digital whiteboard. Um, mm -hmm. Have you ever used Prezi? Uh, I've seen it. I okay. haven't used it. So uh, Real Time Board, I believe, is built on the same platform that Prezi is built on. So you can zoom out as much as you want to and zoom in as much as you need to. So mm -hmm. I have boards that I have so like different components to different areas of my own launches. I have mm -hmm. different areas. I've, I've mapped out all the, the processes of my, my podcast workflow. Um, mm -hmm. And that's been so helpful. And it's, it's a process to document the processes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? So yeah. when we think about structuring time in a way that's it's self, uh, that we have to sort of manage and create ourselves, have you ever done any kind of time blocking? Not specifically now, but that is actually kind of what, if you mean, like, I, I want to start, like, batching stuff mm -hmm. so that I have a certain, you know, I do create all my posts for the for the week all at once and that sort of thing. So I'm not spreading it out mm -hmm. and here and there. I think that would definitely be more efficient than the way I've been doing it. So, so what I personally do right now is on uh, on Wednesdays, no, on Thursdays, I have about three and a half hours that's blocked on my calendar, repeated every week for content creation. And I have the same thing again on Fridays, about four hours specifically designed for content creation. Now, mm -hmm. if something is going to compete with that, that I have another meeting, because um, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty protective of that time, right? Because mm -hmm. I don't let things encroach on it. If there's something that comes up that I will look at my week and say, okay, is there any other time during the week that I can move that block of time to? So that then allows that the, the structure, but it also allows the flexibility, right? Because mm -hmm. um, schedules are tools that allow us to sort of figure out our life, right? They're not, yeah. you know, they're not tablets that are that are etched literally in stone. That, oh, it's, it's on here. I can't, I can't move it. You know, yeah. it's it's. But when we make those high priority items. Like content creation is a high priority item, yeah. right? It's not going to necessarily be urgent until it's like your your you know your, your listeners or your your readers or your people from your coaching group are anticipating content and now mm -hmm. need it by like yesterday, right? So it's by focusing on on that batch time, as you said, to um, uh, to work on that content creation, to work on system development. Um, mm -hmm. I mean that thinking about taking time to to develop time-saving systems, you know, mm -hmm. is so, so important. You know, like we, we think we're so busy that we just got to hammer out this one blog post or this one, this one post. But if we take a time and say, okay, as I'm doing this, let me document the process that I'm using to do this, mm -hmm. right? So it's going to build, it's going to add time in that individual task. But what that's going to do is you're going to be able to see this entire workflow that you're creating, if you continue to to build this this uh, process documentation, um, have you ever read the book E Myth? Mm -mm. No. So, 
I know for most people with ADHD, when they hear documentation, their eyes kind of glaze over and they just, you know, imagine themselves in some boring classroom somewhere, you know, and when they just did stuff to keep themselves from not falling asleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do do you relate to that? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. So I I listened to the the book E-Myth by uh, Michael Gerber and it gave me the why for understanding the value of documentation. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know for, for me, if I don't understand the value of why, like there's yeah. very little chance I'm going to do it. Right. Yeah. Like I, I've heard many, many times, you know, you should document your workflow. You should document that. I'm like, okay, that's what, other yeah. people, that's, that's what other people do. Uh, right. <laughs> but like when he, well, when he explained the, the value of it, like it made so much sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it really does uh, um, allow us to, to uh, find time that maybe you didn't even think was there yeah well and that's i think because of my my school job i i get i get the value of it i think the problem that i was having in the last year is that i was doing so many new things that i might not be doing again like i'm you know i i'm hoping i'm not gonna redo my website for a long time i'm hoping i'm not gonna relaunch a podcast for a long time so each of those things was a new task, a new system, a new, mm-hmm. and so I just never sat down and like, I figured out what needed to be done, but it's not in the same way. But now I feel like I'm at a place where I have these recurring tasks that are going to be continuing to come up. And so that's the part that I need to sit down and yeah, do that. There's a, um, have you ever uh, seen the book, uh, Virtual Freedom, uh, with Chris Ducker? Oh no. It sounds, yeah. So um, he has this in his book. He has um, this exercise where you take take a, um, a three three columns and you document what are all the the tasks that um, you don't like doing. Okay, mm-hmm. what are the things that you shouldn't be doing because somebody else can be doing it? What are mm-hmm. the things that um, you don't know how to do? Okay. Um, I think those are the three things, but it's looking at the, the, these kinds of tasks and really deciding what, what can be delegated, what, um, what do you not know how to do, and really deciding on where to be spending your time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, social media stuff, like I know when you're in the beginning of, of uh, creation uh, of a business, you're, you're going to be doing a lot of that work yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But as, you know, as you're, you're doing more and more of this, um, you know, handing some things off. Now, I know that you do work with someone that edits your podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And why, why did you decide to do that? Uh, because I have 10,000 other things I need to focus my energy on. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else then that you can hand off? Yeah. Well, and that's the funny thing is she does actually, they're part of their packages is some of the social media piece, but I'm, I'm so particular about how I wanted certain things to be done. So now I'm doing those Aurora. pieces. Part of uh, my, my dear, part of delegating, and I and I've been learning this a lot this year. Part of delegating means letting go of the precise way that you want it, and being mm-hmm. being happy with good enough. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know it's hard, I and mean, because especially as someone, uh, you know, as yourself who knows exactly how they want it, and they get excited about that. And but part of that too is also the value of documentation when you yeah. can be 
really explain specifically how you want something. And one of the best ways that I like to document is sort of after the fact. So when you can't think of everything that you want to tell that person to document, we should just tell them, you know what, if I don't like it, I'm going to explain why. And we're going to document that process so you know. And so each time that person does something that you don't like, it's just you're going to give them feedback. Mm-hmm. Right? And it will get yeah. closer and closer to, to what you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you think about that? I'm sensing this like this like slightly nervous smile, but uh (laughs) well what's funny is like so I had this whole process that I did for my cover art for the podcast, but it involved taking a picture, converting it to sketch, then changing the color and all that. And the first couple were really easy. But then as I as I went along this program, like, you know, noses keep disappearing and then I have to mess with the levels or the background blends with the hair, you know, all the stuff that then takes way longer than I planned. But now I'm getting used to all those things it's going faster again so you know we'll see I I guess that that would be something that I can probably um eventually delegate to someone else to do probably eventually delegate that that sounds like that that task is going to get put in the 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 later pile and Uh, the later piles where good intentions go to die right so (laughs) so is thinking about the the tasks that you have right now I think you can identify one to three tasks that you can possibly delegate, even if they're just one-offs. I know this is hard. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's hard. Um, I mean, yeah, creating those, creating the like posts, especially for Instagram and social media, um, the images, the graphic images and stuff is probably something that would be delegatable <laughs> have you ever used fiverr uh oh i've seen it i, I don't think i've actually used it but yeah give give fiverr a try get it get it, it's a small job on fiverr i um mm-hmm. i recently used it i um need a photo of of myself with the, the background like removed so like so it could be in png format and i was mm-hmm. sitting there for like half an hour trying i'm like this is silly so I went, I went on, on Fiverr and I posted mm-hmm. it up there. It, the whole post probably took me three minutes. It cost mm-hmm. me $5 and it was turned around in less than 24 hours. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. that was awesome. You know, yeah. it's, it's sort of, you know, just because I can do it and it, I probably would have eventually been able to figure it out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't mean that I should do it. So yeah. Aurora, let me ask That's you this. True. Would you be willing to identify um, and delegate two tasks within the next seven days. Yeah, I can um, look at, especially the social media posts. I'm not sure what else. I mean, the picture, the graphics, the graphics would be easy enough to, because now I have a system down. Okay, so in seven days from today, I want to hear back from you mm-hmm. to, to uh for you to share whether or not you did this. So you know how on like they listen to the news and they'll say, we tried to reach out to so-and-so, uh, but so-and-so didn't, didn't respond to our, our request for, uh, but you don't want that to happen, do you? Um, yeah. Or, you know, I follow up in seven days, but I haven't heard from you. I'm like, Aurora? Mm-hmm. Aurora? <laughs> and yeah. So I don't want to say we try, I tried reaching out to Aurora, but she was, she was nowhere to be found. Um, she was, <laughs> she was buried under a, a, a pyramid of, of, of sticky notes um, that were on her forehead because <laughs> she was trying to not get distracted from where she was going. Um, 
So what do you think? He, does that sound yeah. reasonable to you? Yeah, yeah. I'll take a look at that. You have you totally have the grin and bear smile right now. Tell yeah. tell me what's going on. Well, no, I'll yeah, I mean I hadn't thought about the fiber thing. I think um because the graphics piece is something that, you know, I, I can do, but it's not I don't have to do it, especially when it comes to things like, you know, inspirational quotes and stuff. I have a Word document full of those quotes someone can pull off of and take a picture that I already uh, have in a yeah so I already have it in my I have a, a you know cloud file folder of of the appropriate pictures that I've already taken so it's my con it's my picture in quotes so it's you, just you're halfway in. there you yeah just, you just identified something to delegate yeah so that's a really easy one and then the, I, the podcast graphics I might be able to as well but that one's a little trickier because there's a few more steps involved. You know, I, so I, I created a, a template for my podcast art. Now I'll tell you, I don't, the episode um, level artwork. I don't really love it. Like I, every time it comes up, I'm like, oh, I want to re- change that. But here's the thing. It really doesn't make that big of a difference in my opinion. And I don't want to spend an hour every episode making artwork. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, let me change that. I, I would actually like to spend an hour because it's fun to do that, but that is yeah. not important stuff. Like that's, that's like the, the, Ooh, that's shiny and fun, but that's not moving me uh, forward on my bigger goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'll talk to Christy too about which, cause they, uh, now that I have the system down and they, they that is supposed to be part of it. <laughs> I just wait a minute. Really... So, so this is basically a conversation you need to have based on you're already paying for the service and you're just not utilizing this part of it. Yeah, part of it. Yeah. So that part I do need to do. <laughs> so did we just identify both tasks? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because there's a couple social media parts I, I need to clarify with her because I haven't really been clear on what which parts they're going to do and which parts I'm going to do. So that that conversation will definitely happen. Aurora, I am so looking forward to hearing back from you in one week, letting me know that you have taken action on these two items. Now, I'm going to suggest that as soon as we finish up this call, that you write these two things down. Uh, so, so you're like, hmm, what did I say I was going to do? Um, so let's wrap up right here. Aurora, first of all, thank you so much for, for coming on and sitting in the hot seat. And I, uh, I hope it wasn't you know, too hot for you. Yeah, no. <laughs> as she once again gives me the, the grin and bear smile um <laughs> as everyone watching on youtube is be like she does not want to do this oh my goodness um, okay so how can people find you what you do your podcast give, give people all that kind of stuff um oh well and i was gonna say the grin and bear thing i think it's mostly just because i have to be clear on what i want to communicate before i can com- communicate with the other person that's that's the part that i'd like so i need to be work on my own clarity so that's why looking forward to that part um to find me i my website is uh, auroraremember.com and i have my blog there and i also have a direct link to my blog page or to my podcast page is embracingintensity.com but it all goes to the same website just that podcast page um, and I have a group called the League of Excitable Women on Facebook. Um, so far, I work mostly with women. My my son heard the intro of my podcast, and he's like, "Why? Why just women?" <laughs> and I think it's mostly just because that's my personal experience. That's what I can relate to. So, yeah, that's mostly. And I have in the um, 
Portland, Oregon area, I'm starting to do live events uh, once a month with uh, mostly teachers, healers, creatives, people who have some sort of mission, but they're getting burnt out. And it's all about keeping your fire alive and supporting each other in that. I love that. That sounds great. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. Well, Aurora, remember, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. And I'm so glad we finally, finally were able to do this. Yeah. Um, I wish you the Me best too. of luck with the podcast and with everything else that you are doing. And um, we look forward to hopefully, hopefully hearing back from you next week. So for the listener, this will be the part where you either find out if the outro music is coming. We didn't hear back from Aurora. But if we <laughs> did, here is what she did. Thanks, Aurora. Awesome. Thank you. So I told Eric Tivers that I would follow up after the ADHD Rewired interview on how my week went after the little coaching session at the end of our interview. So the first thing we talked about um, was mind mapping to help organize my thoughts. And that definitely helped as I was um, figuring out all the different aspects of social media that I needed to be paying attention to. Um, and a big thing he was trying to get me to do that I was a little resistant to was delegating things. I did actually uh, look into Fiverr for some Instagram posts. It was like 10 posts for $5, $6 with the processing fee. So uh, definitely worth it. I realized that the Instagram posts are not something that there's something I can do here and there in between. Uh, so I probably won't consistently delegate it, but it was good to know that that was an option if I'm running low on posts and I really need to fill some space. So that was helpful. And, um, for the graphics, I spent all this time figuring out some um, short keys to make the process go faster so that I could pass it on to someone else. In the end, I realized that there were a few tweaks that needed to be made uh, that I really needed to make myself. So I ultimately did not ask to have them done by someone else, but I uh, streamlined the process for myself. So that'll be a lot faster now. And uh, the best thing I discovered this week was actually today as I was figuring out social media, streamlining my social media, is the Buffer app or program. Um, and I had been using Hootsuite, the free version, and was kind of exploring options for around the $10 a month rank er, marker. And Buffer was, uh, I don't know, like 102 or something for the year. And it's was one of the best time-saving investments I made. It was, uh, it's really enabled me to get posts lined up and uh, have links in the RSS feed to blogs that I follow. Also made me realize I need to get my blog RSS ready so that other people can follow mine that way. Uh, but yeah, it's awesome. I'm pretty excited to see how that's going to streamline my social media posting. So... Thanks, and uh, can't wait to listen. Bye. This has been Eric Tivers, and I want to thank you for listening, and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. 
You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode, learn more about the ADHD, Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group, and more. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. Don't just be a passive listener, be an active member of the community. Submit your request to join our free and growing community on Facebook. Watch for a message from me on Facebook because I screen everyone before they come in the group. Podcasts do change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Share it online or share it with a friend. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, let people know about this show. And if you really loved this episode, please hit share on your podcast player. One of the biggest things you can do to support this podcast and help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and a review on iTunes or Stitcher. If you can't figure out how to do it, message me on Facebook or through my website, and I'll be happy to walk you through it. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by using my affiliate link at audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Not sure where to start? Start with Brene Brown's The Gift of Imperfections or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability. This is Eric Tivers reminding you that when you spend time to plan, you will save time that you could spend later. Until next time.